This is slightly intimidating. <laughs> Dad, what about me makes you proud? Oh, man. Um... Dad, what about me makes you proud? Dad, what about me makes you proud? <laughs> oh, man. Dad, what about me makes you proud? Did I have to answer that one? Yes. <laughs> Just about everything that you do. You're loving. You're funny. I could go on and on. <laughs> what makes me proud about you is you just being yourself. I had trouble with alcohol. It was actually an intervention. Even with all the other people there, you were the, the real reason that I made the decision to go into the treatment center that I did. And uh, thank you. Thank you. You're helpful. Oh. You forgot the funny part. <laughs> Your attention to uh, hygiene. <laughs> Dad, I am grateful to you for choosing to stay when I was little. Mm -hmm. um, why am I crying? <laughs> At the time when I'm graduating and I'm packing up and leaving, and it's really going to hit me. And I think about a time when, if you're not around, like that would be awful. <laughs> but like, you're the you're the person that would always laugh. Dad, I'm grateful because we didn't know how long you were going to be with us, so we're so happy that you're still here. Dad, I'm proud of you for knowing that the most important thing was to just give your kids so much time. I've always been impressed by you. You made it easy. Thanks. I miss having the chance to just check in with you. I miss your sketchbooks. I love you. I love you too. We don't say it enough. Hey. I love you, Dad. <laughs> it doesn't compute until they're gone. So tell them now. It's sort of weird standing so close to you. <laughs> that was a hard one to follow. Especially those of you who are missing your parents in this season. I know I miss my dad. Uh, he's been gone for eight years now. It's hard to believe he's been gone that long. But I'm standing here today, um, the man I am, because... Of my dad, and so I'm very grateful. Anybody else grateful for dads in the room today? Can we give dads a good hand today? I'm not sure that, that you realize the impact that you make on a daily basis. So we're so glad you're here today. If you're here for the first time, as Amber said, we, we, we're so grateful for you, and we believe you're an answer to prayer. We hope you felt right at home already, felt loved on, and uh, we, we just consider you family the first time you walk in. So... So good to see you today. We're going to take a break from our You Asked For It series today, so I want to take a, an opportunity to just speak to dads. Is that okay today if I, if I talk to dads? Now, all of this stuff I'm preaching is applicable to anyone, but I'm, I really want a, a challenge because of some of the stuff you saw and then some of where we are in our society today. I, I really feel like 
it's vital that dads understand the impact that you have, maybe more than you really believe or understand, okay? So here's what I'd like to do. I want to start out with um, some dad jokes. How many of you like dad jokes? Only dads like dad jokes, right, Stacy? probably? So I got a couple for you, and uh, let me say this. Uh, can you at least give me a courtesy laugh? The first service, they were brutal. They were really brutal today. So I got a couple I want to share with you. Number one, and if you're an Apple user, you'll probably appreciate this more than maybe the, you know, in, in, those Galaxy users. I'm not going to say anything bad about Galaxy users, but uh, if you see a crime in an Apple store, are you an eyewitness? Here's the other one. Thank you for those that laughed. Here's the other one. Did Noah allow termites on the ark? Some of you guys will get that later on when you're, when you're driving home. So, you know, obviously we're, we're talking about dads and we're having a little fun, but I want to start this by asking you a question. I'm, and this is, I, I, actually, this is primarily toward dads, but anybody can answer this question. How are you and your family doing right now? And I'll ask you another question. Would you, would you consider yourself, your family, living the full life that Christ promised? If the answer is no, this isn't a bad thing, obviously. It's, it's more of an opportunity. I mean, no, it's not an obstacle. It's an opportunity. So if you said, you know, we're not living our best full life right now, dads, it's an opportunity for you. And here's what we'll say. What kind of opportunity? Well, think about this. If you're a dad in the room you have the responsibility of leading your family. And it's an opportunity for you to step up and say, you know what? My family and I are going to live the full life Christ promised. We're going to believe it and we're going to live it. Now, does that mean you're going to be perfect at it? No, because here's what I'll say to you. Full life is not a destination. It's a journey. Which means as long as you're upright and breathing, you're always in pursuit of full life, right? Amen? So I'm going to jump right into our points that we're going to make. So here's the first thing, talking to dads. Dad, your first job is you. I'll say it this way. Your job is to work on yourself. And here's the reason why I start there, because remember, what's the, what's the goal? Christ made the promise, I've come that you may have life and have it to the full. And here's what I believe. How many of you believe that God keeps his promises? And so I believe Jesus said it. He made the promise, and he's going to deliver on it. Can I get an amen today? And so because we believe that, we believe that he's going to give us a clear path on how to achieve or be on the journey of full life in Christ. And so here's what we've said over and over again here at Full Life Church. That you can experience full life in three dimensions, and I'll, I'll give them to you. Number one, in the dimension of relationships or a relational dimension. The second one is in the dimension of health, and we'll break that down in just a minute. And then the lastly, the dimension of purpose. So those three dimensions, we believe God's given us clarity to help you 
on this journey toward full life. Let me say this very clearly. You cannot have full life apart from Christ. And here's the reason I say that. Because all of this, every bit of this, hinges on what Jesus did 2,000 years ago when he went to the cross, when he died on the cross and he walked out of the tomb. What did he do? He defeated death and sin. Amen. Come on, somebody. Anybody glad for that this morning? And so now you can live victorious. You can live the full life that Christ promised you. And so dads, here's, what I, here's my challenge to you. I'm going to do this challenge in a series of questions, okay? And here's the first question for you. What would be the result if you took a proactive role in investing in and cultivating your relationships. Remember, you're working on yourself first. So let me ask that question again, dads. What would be the result if you took a proactive role in investing in and cultivating your relationships? Now, you may ask the second question, well, what relationships are you referring to? Is that a, that's a legitimate question, right? So here's, here's what it looks like. Number one, First and foremost is your relationship with your creator, your God. And again, I'll, I'll allude to this again. Because of Jesus' death and resurrection, you have access to the most vital, fruitful relationship on the planet. Can I get an amen? And God has given you a, an avenue and an invitation to a relationship with him. And I'll say it this way. It'll blow your mind. Amen? And so, here's, what it, here's how it looks. Another question would be, well, how? Tony, how am I investing in this relationship with God? Well, here at Full Life Church, we have three really crucial values. Number one, we are prayer-driven. We believe in prayer. Can I get an amen, Full Life Body? Number two, we believe in being grounded in the Word of God. Amen. Number three, we want to be passionate worshipers. So those are values that lead to a full life relationship with God. So here's, here's what it looks like. I understand what Christ has done for me. And I have the opportunity every single day to open up God's Word and remember it's His love letter to me. Is that good news today? I can open up its pages and the very songs that we sang today, I can look in Isaiah 6 and I can see a picture of a holy God. The angels worshiping a God that's holy. Amen. I can go to Revelations and I can see the same thing where the, the angels and the elders are saying, Worthy is the Lamb that was slain from the foundation of the world. And I can understand that God has given me an opportunity to connect with Him through prayer. Now, some of you may say, Pastor, I've never really learned how to pray. And I was having a conversation this past week with a guy, and he was saying, Pastor, I'm not sure that I know how. And then he began to describe to me what he does when he wakes up in the morning on his porch. Hey, hey Heavenly Father, or, or Dad, or God. And then he began to have a conversation. I'm like, 
Jeff, you have this. That's what it is. It's, it's a conversation with the God who loves you, who created you. Because here's what the enemy's tried to deceive us into thinking, that we have to have an MDiv in theology to pray when it's not that way at all. Listen, would you go to your own dad and say, Thou heavenly father, or, or earthly father, maybe, Dad, would you do that? How many of you would do that? No, you sit down and you have a conversation. This is exactly the kind of conversation that you can have with your heavenly father. As a matter of fact, Paul says it this way. Barbara, it's good to see you back. My, my amen corner's been in Florida for a couple of weeks, and so I've missed you. We were talking about you this morning in prayer, how we've missed you saying amen. So, you know, when we have this opportunity with our heavenly father to have this conversation, I'm sitting down with him and saying, Dad, here's what's happening today. Here's how I'm feeling today. You see how it's conversational? Because you have access to your daddy God, your Abba Father. So you get the privilege of speaking to the one who created you, who loves you. Is that good today? Does that help anybody this morning? Takes a little bit of the pressure off, don't it? I don't have to. I get to, to talk to him. I don't have to read the Bible. I get to read the Bible. I don't have to worship. I get to worship. Why? Because I'm in relationship with my Heavenly Father. And every one of these things, if you make them a priority and a value, guess what? We, this is kind of a business term, but it'll re relate here. We get an ROI. Does anybody know what ROI is? Somebody say it loud. You get a return on your investment. What's the return? A full life relationship with God. But I thought God was mad at me. I thought he's forever mad. And he's ready to bonk me on the head every time I mess up. Is that true about God? No. For God so loved the world that he gave his own and son that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but what? Have eternal life. That's how he feels about you. You see, dads, the most vital relationship that you're investing in has to be your relationship with your, your dad. Not your earthly dad, your heavenly dad. That's a good place to start, isn't it? Because here's what I believe. When that one's right, it pretty much takes care of all the other ones. Amen? But I will talk about the other ones. The second one that's really vital to you, dads, is your relationship with your wife. Come on, wives. Amen? So, so I've been married almost 27 years to my lovely, beautiful wife, Lori. If you've not met Bertha, I mean Lori, um, <laughs> you're missing out. She's a wonderful woman of God. And she was, last service, she was walking in as I was talking about this. And I'm like, yeah, you know, I remembered our, I know our anniversary. I know how many years we've been married. That's a, that's a check mark. Isn't it? That's, a, that's a brownie point, right? And so we've been married almost 27 years. But a long time ago, when my kids were still young, she and I made a decision that we would take an annual anniversary trip 
And many times it was to the great city of Chattanooga. Anybody love Chattanooga? Anybody been to Chattanooga? It's a great place to go, and it's only about an hour and 15 minutes away. So we made this a, an investment into our relationship a long time ago. Now, here's the reason why that's so important, because I always want to give you a why of something before I just tell you what to do, right? So we made a decision. We understood something that was a reality, that we would not have our kids in our home with us forever. And they're gone now. Both my boys are out of the house. But I remember years ago when my youngest son, Tyler, was a toddler. He's probably no more than three or four years old. That we would be leaving for this trip, our anniversary trip, and he would be squalling. He would bawl his eyes out. Why? He didn't want, to leave. He didn't want his mommy to leave him. And so it was, it was hard. Tony, it was hard not to say, oh, we'll just cancel the trip. No, there was something deeper that we knew, that we knew was important. That relationship between her, she and I was really important. And Tyler, he was going to get over it. As a matter of fact, probably in a, few, in a few hours, he'd be laughing, running around, and playing. But we knew what, we understood something, that if we didn't start investing then, when they get out of the house, we would be strangers. We wouldn't know each other. And so we made a priority choice a long time ago that not only was our relationship with our kids important, but our marriage was important. And it was important enough to spend those times Investing. ROI. What's the ROI? Mine and Lori's relationship is not perfect. And she'll tell you that really quick. But it's, it's, it's good. For crying out loud, we've made it almost 27 years. Amen? Or do you follow me today? If you make your relationship with your spouse, dads, a priority, you will get a return on the investment when you make the investment. Date nights, once a month. Go out to eat. Get a babysitter. You know, take her to Ruth's Chris for crying out loud. Do not take her to Burger King. Here's your, here's your steak. Well, it's ground up, but it's a steak. No, take her somewhere nice. Guys, I'm trying to help you. Amen, ladies? ROI, what's the return? A healthy, full life marriage, okay? Relationship with God, first and foremost. And I'll, let me say this. I, I didn't say this earlier. You have a God-shaped hole in your heart, okay, that only he can feel. Your spouse can't feel it. Your kids can't feel it. Your friends can't feel it. And so, yes, it's good to invest in your relationship with your spouse. Do that. But also, you got to always make the connection with God is for most important. And, I, and I'm back in tracking a little bit, but I want to make sure you understood that. Here's the next one. Your relationship with your children. The Bible says that children are a gift from God. Do you believe, how many believe they're a gift from God? It's actually a sign of blessing. According to Psalms, I can't remember exactly what chapter it is, but it's a, it's a sign of blessing to have kids, right? And your kids, 
God has given them to you for a season of time for you to steward, for you to take care of. They're not yours. Oh, yes, they are. They're Turner's. Well, they have my name, but they're God's. Right? And so God has given me the responsibility. He's given you the responsibility, dads and mothers too, but I'm talking primarily to dads today, of making sure that you invest in your relationship with your kids. Now, you know, again, I, I can only speak from my own experience as a dad. I wasn't the perfect dad growing up, but I do remember that and my kids, how many of your, some of your, your dads, especially when they're teenagers, your kids kind of like to say, hey, you know, they point out all your flaws. <laughs> Does anybody else that happens to them? <laughs> you know, they're like, dad, you, you know, you're making fun of, you know, what, what? You know, it's like in public. Okay. All right, you're good to go. Somebody's good to go. Is that my, is that my sign when I'm done? <laughs> no. So, so when I was, when my kids were growing up, Lori was, she's a nurse, so she has, she's really all, pretty much our whole life, our whole marriage, she's worked full time. And so I had the responsibility of taking the boys to school in the mornings. And so, you know, they're teenagers, so you can picture this, right? My son, Garrett, he's got his Nike hoodie on, right? And he's in the back seat. Guess what he's done with his hoodie? And he's got his blanket. He took a blanket with him, and he's, you know, he's kind of like this, you know, half asleep. And then Tyler's in the front seat, and he's half asleep. And I'm like, I'm trying to, you know, hey, hey, do y'all remember what I preached on Sunday? You know, do you remember any, you know, let me, let's talk about the Bible a little bit. And they're like, Dad, we're sleepy. And so, of course, they give me a hard time about that, even now. But deep down, they know what was going on. I made the investment. Now, listen, I'm not doing that. Please don't take this as I'm bragging. Please. Because I have made, listen to your pastor, I have made my fair share of mistakes as a parent. But I, I do believe I can give you a model because, and, and the proof's in the pudding, folks. Both my sons are in their, you know, my, my oldest son's 25, married, bought a home. He's already, listen, he's already owned two homes. He's not 25 years old. My youngest son is, they're, they're both on staff at a ministry in Birmingham, Alabama. They love Jesus with all their heart. What did I mention about return on investment? Lori and I made a decision. I would be present. She would be present in their lives. We are getting, we are seeing right now a return on the investment. Praise God. Now listen, they may walk away from God tomorrow. I can't assure that. But all I know is that today they love Jesus. They're in ministry. All because I believe the direct correlation is we, we made a choice to invest in them. My youngest son, Tyler, played basketball, loves the NBA, and he and I will argue till Jesus comes back whether LeBron is better than Michael Jordan as the best player of all time. Those of us old schoolers, we believe who? We think it's not even comparison, but my son Tyler will give you all the stats, and he'll say, this is why LeBron's better, and he'll just name them, rattle them off, you know. But he played basketball early on. And so he, when I, would, I, would, I went to most of his games, I think I maybe had missed a couple. But I knew, 
I knew that when that game was over, he was going to ask me, or even when he would make a shot, I could tell he would look up in the stands to make sure that I was watching. And he would ask me, Dad, did you see what I did? And here's the thing. I, I could not say, yes, I saw what you did if I was not there. I'm talking about investing. That relationship with your kids, dads, is so vital. They need you in their lives. Can I get an amen this morning? And here's the reason. There's all kinds of outward influences saying this, saying this, the movies they watch, the things they see, those 45-second reels on Instagram or TikTok. They're trying to speak a different message into your kids' lives. And if you're not there, guess what message they're getting? I'm preaching now, Tony. ROI. Everybody say ROI. When I, when I invest, what do I get? I get a return. Not perfection. Amen? That's impossible. But at least they're pointed in the right direction. These are the relationships that are so vital. The last one I'll talk about is your friends and your family. You need friendship. How many you need a friend? How many have a great friend? I've talked to you a lot of times about my best friend, Dwayne Hamby, 40 year, over 40 years of friendship. We have so many stories. And if I was to let him up here, he's done that before, actually. I let him speak one time. He told some stories about me. I'm really the, you know, I'm like, I don't know if I'm going to let you up there again. But we have stories. Why? Because we made those investments over time. And 40 years later, I have my best friend still. Amen. We need these if we're going to live the full life of Christ's promise. A couple of passages of Scripture I want to read to you concerning your wives. Here's what Paul gives us advice in Romans 5. He says, for husbands, love your wives. Everybody say, love your wives. If you're a wife, turn to your husband and say, love me. Come on. Love me. Watch this. Just as Christ loved the church, and what did he do? He gave up his life for her. He was willing to die. Amen. That's how much you love your wife. You're willing to give your very life for her. And then your kids, Ephesians 6. Here's the advice. Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger. I know I've made my kids mad before. By the way you treat them. They really do respond to how you treat them, right? Rather, bring them up in the discipline and instruction that comes from the Lord. What's amazing advice, isn't it? Here's the second question I want to ask you concerning your full life. Remember, the first one's relationships, the, the dimension of relationships. The second one is, what would be the result if you took a proactive role in investing in and cultivating health? Let me say it again. Let me ask it again. What would be the result if you took a proactive role in investing in and cultivating health? Pastor, what are you talking about? What, what health? That's pretty general. Well, I'll get specific with you. First of all, your mental health. I mean, that's a big deal in, over the last few years. 
And, you know, it's all connected, too. So if I'm having issues with my mental health, it's going to affect me physically, it's going to affect me emotionally, and it can affect me spiritually. Because the Bible says a man, as he thinks in his heart, so is he, right? Scripture is very clear about how to invest in my mental health. i got to get my mind right. i got to think on things that are honest and just and have a good report that are praiseworthy. I've got to take captive my thoughts. I'll say it this way. you got to think about what you're thinking about. Does that make sense? i got to think about what I'm thinking about so that I can make the changes that are necessary. Remember, we're talking about investing. I'm investing in my own mental health. Well, that goes back to the Word of God. If I memorize, I meditate on God's Word, I can renew my mind. Amen? The Bible says He'll keep you in perfect peace whose mind is stayed. In other words, you're thinking about Him all the time on the, because He trusts in the, you notice how thinking leads to trust. Amen? So your mental health is really important because it's an investment in full life. So there, there are a number of resources. Because it's been such a primary thing since COVID, there's several pastors who've written books. Uh, Chris Hodges from Church of the Highlands wrote a book called Out of the Cave based on the, the story of Elijah and his dealing with, you know, some anxiety and some, you know, you notice that, the fear and all that. And then, um, Craig Rochelle wrote a book called Winning the War of Your Mind. He's the pastor of Life Church in Tulsa, Oklahoma. So you have some resources out there to invest in your mental health. The second one is your emotional health. There's a connection between your thoughts and your emotions. How many of you know God's created you emotional? Now here's the challenge for guys. I don't show emotion. I'm stoic. Is that not an enemy trick? Listen, your kids, your wife, need to see you showing some emotion. And I'm not talking about out-of-control emotions. I'm talking about they can see you cry. Come on, somebody. They can see you laugh. They can then see you experience life. Because that's the reason God gave you emotions in the first place, so that you can experience life to the full. What What would life be like without emotions? I don't, want to, I don't want to go there, do you? Now, they have to be controlled. And that's where the Spirit of God comes in. But you need to experience them. Guys, listen, don't hold back the tears. And it's okay if they call you a big baby. It's all right. Amen? Your physical health. Why is it so important to be physically healthy? Because it impacts your emotions and your thoughts. How many of you go into, into, the, into the bathroom in the mornings and you're like, ugh, ugh. Anybody been there? I do not like what I see in front of me. Can you do something about that? Is it possible to change your health, your physical health? Absolutely it is. There's got to be some decisions made. But it's not for the sake of discipline. What's the sake of? I want to live life 
to the full. Here's what I, I say. Here's some of my motivation. I want to see my grandbabies. Come on, somebody. I want to see my great-grandbabies. Now, I'm, obviously, I can't be totally assured. I mean, I could get killed in a car wreck today. But I don't want to go any faster because of my stupid decisions. Come on, somebody. Amen. And so the idea of sleep, the idea of physical exercise, the idea of eating right. Now, I have to be honest with you. Can, can I be vulnerable to you today? Anybody else struggle to eat right? I heard a comedian uh, talk about this. He said, he was comparing us to Japanese people. He goes, they're, always, they're really thin. Most of them are thin. And he said, Americans are really good at not being thin. There's something we can do about that, right? And me, hear me, you know, I've got like 12 steaks marinating in the uh, refrigerator right now. So anyway, we'll start tomorrow morning. It's important, folks. It's important to move. We, uh, two semesters ago in our life groups, Lori had this fantastic idea of starting a pickleball group. It's fun. We have a blast. And we, we've had so much fun doing it that we carried it on when the semester was over. So every Tuesday night, this is an open invitation to anybody who wants to come, right? 6.30, Kenny Askew Park. Tuesday night, we're going to be playing pickleball unless it like storms or something. You're invited. And here's what I've discovered. In two and a half hours of pickleball, you can burn about 700 calories. Now, you go try that on a treadmill, and it's boring. <laughs> now, I do the treadmill. Don't get me wrong. But I'd much rather hang out with people and hit that little plastic ball over a net. Amen. Do something. Move something. Go, go for a walk in your neighborhood. There's so much you can do to move. And so I'm not going to belabor that, but I just want you to understand, we're talking about ROI, investing in our health. We're investing in mental health, emotional health, spiritual health, physical health. Of course, spiritual health involves what we've already talked about. Get in God's Word. Discover intimacy with God through God's Word, through prayer, and through worship. Okay? Does that help anybody? Okay, the next one is another question. What if you proactively discovered your purpose and walked in it to the full? I think it was Mark Twain who said this. I may be wrong. Some of you fact checkers will probably come and correct me later, but that's okay. He said this. There's two significant things in your life. The day you were born and the day you discover why you were born. That's purpose. And do you realize that God has a purpose in store for you? You're not on this earth by accident. As a matter of fact, David recognized it, had an awareness of it when he said, you knit me together in my mother's womb. I am fearfully and wonderfully made. And then Paul reiterates it in Ephesians 2, 10, when he says, you are God's masterpiece. We used to say this all the time. It's this bad English. God don't make no junk. Do you believe that about yourself? 
And so God has put you on planet earth for a reason. And there are some great indicators of what that is. And so here's what we do. We make discoveries. Everybody say discoveries. So he's wired you a certain way, right? He's given you certain personality types. There are those people who, who if you walk into a room, and you can see it, they're going to be the ones giving it, you do this, you do this. Is anybody like that in the room today? It's okay to raise your hand. Oh, yeah, Amy's like. Those are the, the leaders, the ones who are going to get things done, right? Then there are those who are like, yeah, man, we're going to have a good time in the room today, Tony. Anybody like that? That's Tom McNally. He's like, life of the party, the clown. And then there are those who, like, come in with their, their clipboard and their checklist. Oh, uh, we, we missed this here. Anybody like that? Anybody like that? Come on. There you go. Thank you. Thank you for your honesty. And then there's someone here who's going to be like, man, I need a chair. Let me sit down somewhere. Why, why, why sit down when you can lie down? Any of those people in the room? Your pastor is that last one. I don't know if you knew that or not. We're just relaxed. We want peace. Anybody like that? Raise your hand. Do you see the differences just in those four things I described? And we can fill this room with people. And, and if, listen, if you understand, God put me, oh, you know, I hear this all the time. Well, I wish God wouldn't have made me so task-oriented or list. No, 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 no. We need you. If, if everybody on our staff was like me, we're going to enjoy each other's company. We ain't getting nothing done. <laughs> Amen? Why do, we, why do we recognize this? Because we know God has something for us to do. And when we recognize it, it's a clear path to full life. It's a clear path to purpose. So I'll, I'll give you three things that we use around here a lot. We use the DISC survey. Anybody familiar with DISC? It's basically what I just described to you. I, I kind of gave you a nutshell. We use strengths finders, which is a, a little deeper dive into what, what you're good at. And then we use in our growth track, which let me put a plug in for growth track. How many of you have not gone through growth track? I'm not asking you to raise your hand. How many of you have not gone through growth track? Okay, some of you are today, first day. I I'm, <laughs> appreciate your honesty, but I didn't expect you to go through growth track today. But listen, if you've not, you're missing out. Because we help you discover a spiritual gift. A gift that God has put in you, a way God's wired you, that can help you walk in your God-given purpose, which is an investment in full life. Are y'all, is this making sense? We're talking about your purpose, Tony. And our, our commitment to you is we'll, we want to help you discover that. But not only discover it, but walk in it. So the second question in, in that related to that is, what are you passionate about? What would you, if nothing was an issue, uh, talent or money, what would you try to accomplish? If you could tell me that, I can, I can give you some direction to your purpose. What God has put you on the earth to do. 
And it's so beautiful because what you're doing is you're discovering something that God did he made a promise to deliver on full life. And so what you're going to do is you're going to take those steps on your journey to full life. All of this that we've talked about the last few minutes, and I know it feels like I've probably spent too much time on it, is remember what we said, dads, work on yourself when? First, why? Because you can't give what you don't have. And so, here it is. Relationships, invest, ROI. Health, invest, ROI. Purpose, help me, invest, ROI. Now, the enemy would probably try to say, well, if you focus on yourself so much, you're going to be selfish. Now, if you're preoccupied with yourself, that's a whole different story. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about when you make the investment, it positions you to be the godly example that your wife and your kids need. It sets you up to lead your home well. Remember, we're talking about a full-life dad, which leads me to the second thing. If I've done that work... If I've done that work, Charlotte, of investing in those three areas, then I'm, I am positioned now to be a role model. Right? I can be present in my family's life, and they can look to me as a godly example. Specifically, an example of what? What full life looks like. Which is so important, because I want to read to you something. I found this in an article, and this kind of, this will bring everything into perspective of why, some of the why of why I'm teaching this today. Our society's view of manhood is severely broken. In the absence of involved fathers, a generation of boys has grown up not knowing what it means to be men. I didn't write this. Somebody else did, okay? In that void, numerous problems have emerged, whether in the form of toxic masculinity. That's a kind of a word floating around today, right? A phrase. Or men who simply can't or won't launch into the real world. That's why you have 35 and 40-year-olds still living with mama. I mean, it's kind of funny, but it's not, right? They won't step up. They won't commit. And they have no idea how to support themselves, let alone a wife or a family. Now, that sounds really negative, doesn't it? How many of you agree that sounds pretty negative? But here's, here's what the point they're making. A son needs to see his dad or show his dad to show him how it's done. Dads, do you see how important you are in the life of your children? Somehow, folks, with this picture we've just seen, we got to turn the table. Something's got to change. How many of you would agree something's got to change? So here's my question. 
why don't we do it one dad at a time? And here's my other question. What if you, Tony, Jake, Jeremy, what if you were that dad? What if you made this decision today to say, no matter what I've done in the past, what mistakes I've made in the past, and listen, you guys are great dads already. I know you are. But what if we all said, I will be that dad who turns the tide, who teaches my children how to behave, how to live in society, how to live a full life? What would happen? I think we could turn the world upside down. How many of you agree we, we could do that? Here's what I believe. I believe that's the heart of God. And I believe it's scriptural because some of you, maybe you didn't have the greatest relationship with your earthly father. Maybe it's estranged even now. And I want to read you a passage of scripture that I think will give you hope. Or maybe you're estranged with your kids. Here's the heart of God. This is a prophetic word in Malachi chapter 4 verse 6. And he will turn... The hearts of the what? Say it with me. Fathers to who? To the children. And the hearts of the children to the fathers. How many know God wants to do that supernatural work? Restoring and bringing back what he, what he had, has in mind from the very beginning. It's a promise in the Bible. He will turn the hearts of the father to the children and the children to the father. How many know God wants to do that supernatural work? Listen, I'm asking you the question, what if it was you who said, I'm turning the tide? Amen. Because if you've set yourself up through your investments in yourself to be a godly example, to live the full life, your kids are going to take notice. I promise you they'll take notice. Ephesians 5 says this. So I'll say this before I read the passage. If you'll just model Jesus... His behavior, the way he thought, the way he taught, the way he acted, you'll be a model that your kids want to follow. Can I say that again? If you'll model Christ, they'll model you. Ephesians 5 says this, follow God's example. Therefore, as, say it, dearly loved children. And I love this. Here, this, is, this is exactly the advice you need. And walk. Everybody say walk. In other words, um, it's a lifestyle. I've embraced a lifestyle of love. I'm walking in love. What kind of love? The same kind of love that, jo- that drove Jesus to the cross. The agape sacrificial love of Jesus. That's the kind of love he's called me to walk in as an example. Listen, I'm being an example to my kids as I'm, leading, as I'm letting my dad lead me. Amen? Okay. So this, this is connected to this as far as your relationship with God and the, the model. I always, I always say this, and I want to make, make sure you, you, you see this clearly. That the catalyst, I will say this, the catalyst for full life is the Holy Spirit. Well, why do you say that, Pastor? Well, think about this. 
If you're fam- is anybody familiar with Galatians chapter 5? Verse 22 and 23. Anybody know what that, those verses say? The fruit of the, say it loud. What spirit? The Holy Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit is, and you can probably quote it, love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and faithfulness and gentleness and self-control. Who bears the fruit inside of you? The Holy Spirit. Are you all with me? And so if I love like I'm supposed to, guess what? Those relationships that I'm involved in, they're going to flourish. If I'm gentle and good to my kids and my wife, they're going to respond, aren't they? If I'm kind, are you all with me? So who's the fruit of this? Who's the catalyst? The Holy Spirit bears inside of me the fruit I need to live out full-life relationships. He fills me, according to Romans 5, 5. And I, they're probably killing me back there because I'm, I'm jumping around all over the place. Watch this. And hope does not put us to shame. Why? Because what? God's love has been poured into our hearts through who? Through the Holy Spirit. He's the catalyst for full-life relationships. Amen? He's the catalyst for those, for you being the type of example that your, your family needs. So I'm going to say this. Dad, I'm going to read this verbatim because this is another article that I read. Dad, if you want your son to grow up to be responsible and engaged, to respect women, and to demonstrate the Christ-like qualities of a servant leader, it's up to you to set the standard. Again, you don't have to be perfect. You don't have to be perfect. That's what grace is all about. Anybody glad for grace? You don't have to be perfect. As a matter of fact, your kids need to see that you're not perfect. They need to see those moments where you totally blow it and you say, you know what? I totally blew it. And they need to hear Uh, I'm sorry. When that happens, the level of respect that you will get from your children will be exponential because you have just shown them, I'm not perfect, but there's grace. Aren't you glad for that today? Anybody glad for grace? All right, this last part. Before we move on, I've got one more thing. Are y'all okay? Am I preaching too long? Okay. If I do preach too long, just say, well, send word to my wife. She'll let me know. One of the best ways a man can create strong spiritual foundation in the home is to love his wife. This is gold. Your kids will be more likely to grow up to have a healthy opposite-sex relationships outside the home if you model for them while they're still a captive audience. Now, can I give you my paraphrased version of that? If I model for my kids 
love for their, for their mom. When they get married, or when they find that, they're going to know how to treat a woman. They're going to treat her with dignity. Amen, ladies. With respect, as valuable as they truly are, because you're created in the image of God. I can teach my kids that truth by loving my wife. On the flip side of that, I don't have any daughters. I've never had a daughter. I have a daughter-in-law now, and she's like a daughter. But I also, by the way that my daughter sees me treat her mom, she can know how to be treated. Because, you know, if I had, if I had a daughter, and she was dating age, and the boy comes up to the house, right but if I if I model for her how I treat her mom I don't have to do the she's gonna do the she's gonna say "Uh uh-uh you ain't treating me like that I know how a woman's supposed to be treated. I know a woman's supposed to be honored and loved and protected. I know she's, you know, and so when they see it done wrongly, they have a pattern of rightness that they say, it doesn't match up. Amen. And those of you that are in this room, guys that are, are, are dating somebody, you might want to take, just listen in a little closer. I'm helping you. Amen. And so this last part. Dads, remember, you're working on yourself first. You're investing. You're getting an ROI, full life. You're, you're, um, you're present, right? You're, you're a model. They're following you as you follow Jesus, right? You've done that. And then thirdly, you're a thermostat. What's the difference between a thermostat and a thermometer? I can go over this thermostat over here. I can see what temperature it is in the room, right? I can see it's 68 degrees, and some of, for some of you, like, that's too cold, Pastor. Bring a sweater. That's all I'll say. The beauty of the thermostat is I can go over to there, and if I don't want it 68 anymore, I can make it 70, which some of you would love, or I can make it 66. By the difference is I can set the environment as opposed to being a product of the environment. Why do I say that? Because as dads, that's an opportunity before you. What was the first question I asked you today? You may remember? Are you living a full-life family right now? If your answer was no... You don't have to throw your hands in there and say, well, I just, it's hopeless. No, 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 no. I've given you tools even now up to this point to change the temperature, the environment of your home. Have I not? So it's your responsibility, Stacy. It's your responsibility, Tony, to be the thermostat. How? That's the logicalness question. How? Well, everything that we've talked about, the investments that you've made in yourself, you begin to show them 
I'm gonna, we're going to make these same kind of investments as a family. We're going to invest in relationship. We're going to have game nights. Our, our family, we're going to have one night that we set aside once a month, and we're going to play. Who said clear the deck? Yes. If you've not played clear the deck, you have not lived. And th- thank you, Rick and Dee, for teaching Lori and I that, that game. Our whole cruise, we were on the cruise. Instead of going to the shows at night, we would go to the dining room and play clear the deck. Yeah. It was great time of bonding. So remember, ROI. You teach your family how to invest in relationships. What do you expect? Y'all got to help me here. Come on. Some of you have been asleep. ROI. What are you doing? You're turning up the temperature. You're turning down the temperature by the investments that you're making in your family. Does that, does that make sense? Can I applaud? I want you guys to give yourselves a hand, and then I'm going to tell you why. Come on. Pastor, Pastor, you're weird. You gave yourselves a hand because you're in the room today. You know why? You know what you said? Without saying it, you know what you said? God, you're the priority. I want a thriving, full-life relationship with you. And I understand that when I get together with God's people, it's, a, it's an investment. Let me declare this to you today. One moment in the presence of Jesus can change everything for you. So you came into the room. You made, it a, you made a decision to teach your kids by being at church today. Our family? I'm hitting the thermostat. Our family loves Jesus. Our family makes worship a priority. Our family makes the Word of God a priority. Our family makes prayer a priority. Are y'all, are y'all with me today? You're teaching it by modeling it thermostat you're also doing this every time you say at home every night dinner's cooked dishes are done TV goes off as a family guess what we're going to do we're going to open up God's word We're going to pray. We're going to worship as a family unit. What are we saying? This is important. And this is what happens. You you will teach your kids how to do that when they get their own family. The word will be a priority. Worship will be a priority. Prayer will be a priority. Why? Because you were the thermostat. You made it work. Are y'all with me? A healthy family environment. And then you'll say, you know, we're not only going to make Sunday morning church attendance a priority, we're going to dive in full on to our, the life of our church. Because we recognize 
that our church is committed to helping every person who walks in the doors live a full life that Christ promised. And so we're going to dive into life groups because we know that that spiritual growth and that accountability happens in the terms of life groups, smaller sections of groups that get together and study God's Word. We're going to dive in. We're gonna, we've already mentioned it. We're going to discover our, our spiritual gifts. We're going to discover our purpose, and we're going to do growth track. Everybody say growth track. We're going to do growth track, and we're going to discover our purpose, and we're going to serve Christ's body with our giftings and our passion. Listen, folks, I'll, you'll never hear, listen, you'll never hear me beg for workers in kids' ministry. You'll never hear me beg for nursery workers. You know why? That's not how we operate around here. If you hate kids, if, you're, if your idea of keeping kids together is duct tape in a chair, I don't want you back there. But if you love Jesus, you love kids, and you have a passion to see them experience the full life, by all means, we'll put you there. We'll put you to work. But you, you, but you understand, when I do this, it's my purpose. I love this church. I love kids. But you see where I'm at. Y'all with me? I've been called. This is my purpose. Now, yes, I get a paycheck. Yes, it's my, it's my livelihood. But listen, I would do this free. Amen. Oh, you would? You know why? I'm called. That's what we're looking for when we say, do growth track. We want people who say, this is a calling for me. This is a passion for me. I can't wait to get there on Sunday to wipe a snotty nose or clean a butt. Seriously, it's purpose. What we're going to do as fathers, we're going to say, our family, we do this. We dive headlong into the life of the church because we know it's a ROI, it's a, an investment, and we're going to get an ROI. We're going to, on that journey to full life. Are y'all with me so far? I know, I hope I've not lost you. You see the progression. I've got to work on me. Because I'm working on me, I become a model that my family can follow. And my influence, everybody say influence. My influence sets the tone. I become the thermostat. And my family, that question that we ask at the very beginning, we can say it with a resounding yes! We are living the full life. We're not all there yet, but we're, going, we're on that journey because my dad said, I'm going to step up. I'm going to be the leader of the home. I'm going to live full life myself, and I'm going to be an example. Thank you for joining us for this week's service. We pray that God has used this moment to greatly impact your life. We invite you to live fully alive in Christ with us here at Full Life Church. We'll see you next week.